Hey, patrons, Michael Heron here. This is your bonus episode for 319. Uh, Stuart Mitchell uh, will be heard from in a minute. I'm having this dilemma with this part of the show. Um, I have just gotten in the habit of doing an intro to the interview, even though I say at the beginning of the interview every time, hello, patrons, and say the same thing that I would say in an intro. Now I do an intro, but there's nothing else to say this time, <laughs> except here comes the interview that I'm about to to tell you again what it is. So what do I do? I guess I just do this. Yeah, I have a new uh, interview coming up next week. <laughs> now I'm just saying things, so I say something. Lee, Lee Wehara is a great podcaster. You'll hear from her next week. There, I said something else besides what you, I just said and what you're about to hear again. So, welcome. <laughs> this is what you're paying the big bucks for. Uh, enjoy this interview with Stuart Mitchell. It, he was really great to talk to, and this this part of the interview is great as well. Okay, here comes me telling you, welcome to this podcast. Hey, patrons, welcome to your bonus podcast. Uh, Stuart Mitchell is here with me. Hi, Stuart. Hey, how you doing, Michael? <laughs> Good. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit about your vegan origins. That that's, I don't know why that sounds so funny to me. Your vegan origin story. Um, but you mentioned a little that, that Liberation Summer was um, kind of autobiographical. Is, is there more to tell about that story of, of working in food service and how it made you decide to go vegan? Well, yeah. I, I worked in food service and... We used to have this this job every night of seasoning boxes of chickens, like whole chickens. And there were – it was packed 14 chickens per box, and we used to have to season about 10 boxes every night. And after a while, I started to, to question where do we get so many chickens every night to do this? Because in my mind at the time – this is uh, early 1998 – in my mind, a farm is just an open air place, green grass, mm-hmm. uh, maybe a dozen chickens or so. And I had no idea that factory farms existed. So I, when we're seasoning 140 chickens every night, and I, I thought to myself, there's supermarkets all over the world. There's restaurants all over the world, and they never run out of animal products. Where are all of these animals coming from? And it wasn't until years later, I I stumbled upon a factory farm video. Someone sent it to me. I don't remember, but I saw a farm, uh, the factory farm video, and it, it just blew my mind that man could manipulate animals to reproduce at such a fast rate. And the, the treatment involved with these animals was just horrendous. And I, I said to myself, like, I couldn't contribute to this anymore. Like it was insane that this is, that this is happening. And I didn't know. And I started to imagine that nobody else knew because nobody else cared because we just took for granted that there was always access to food. And when I say food, I mean animal parts. Yeah. So I didn't. I didn't. I made the connection, but I, I didn't do anything about it right then and there. It wasn't until I turned uh, 31, and this is in 2011, when I decided I'm not going to contribute to this anymore. And I, I remember just stopping, like dead in my tracks, on eating animal products. And the next day, I went. I googled uh, vegan nutrition, and 
what what I can supplement for my protein and, and other things. So it really started right then and there for me. And I haven't looked back since. Mm. I love like the... I think it reminds me of the time when I was in high school and this was on a much lower level of what the animal bodies I was handling, but I was cutting up chicken for my mom. And I remember having this like, like moment of like, this is, this is a body. And then actively being like, Nope, push that idea away. Like, you know, I think part of how we just sort of make eating animals. Okay. in our society is to like, keep that separation between the live animal and the thing in our refrigerator. Um, so it's interesting. I, I always love hearing that from other people, like those moments of like, wait, where did, where did all of these come from? It's really, when you start asking those questions, it's hard to stop, right? It is. And I think a lot of it is just normalized through, through media. I mean, when, when you can put a, a package on a shelf that says fair life or happy cow and show these images of, animals with smiles on their faces it kind of normalizes what we do and the fact that a lot of us culturally come from families that that eat animals as a tradition and we don't question tradition or we don't go against it for the sake of not ups upsetting our family members or our friends and our communities so we we kind of go along with it but i think it's the normalization of of violence that it's kept away from us by showing us these images of like I said, happy cows and, and things like that. Um, like you can buy a pack of bacon. I forget which brand it is, but they have like the, the, the Porky Pig logo smiling on the package. And with, without, without really taking into consideration that we're, we're paying for these animals suffering and their misery. And, and that's what we're purchasing. Yeah. It's uh yeah. I was walking through, um, like a farmer's market up in Inwood a couple weekends ago. And like, I have a fully like, because I'm vegan, I know all this stuff is bullshit. Like I have this really like visceral reaction when I see someone like cage free eggs. I'm like, no, I want to really be like, everyone don't believe this. Here's what this really <laughs> is. Um, but it's fine. Like, it's just funny. Like being on this, you know, this path of like uh, learning more and more about all of this stuff. And then, I think part of my frustration and anger is it is is looking at my former former self or past self that did buy into this and was like, oh, I want to be a nice person. I want to buy, you know, the this these happy chickens. I want to support that. And I just bought right into it. So I think that has a lot to do with my my frustration there too. I get it. I mean, we all do. I mean, it's not. I realize it's not something you can beat yourself up over because we're, we're all products of just uh, social conditioning. And there are, there are so many people that still are. And the point is, is that we're here now. We're advocating for the animals. We are a voice and we could change that dynamic. I mean, uh, I mean, growing up, we didn't have animal rights advocates in, in our community. Nobody spoke to us about the plight of animals. Uh, and that's why I think it's necessary for people like me to to do what i'm doing to bring attention to that and so many people are aware of it because of what i'm doing and i i mean i'm i'm proud of that and i think that that's every every animal rights activist mission or goal is to bring attention to what's going on because the meat the media is not going to show you uh these these dairy companies and these meat companies that profit off the the sale of animals aren't going to show you 
So it's up to us to do that. Yeah, agreed. Uh, before we go, uh, favorite food, either like favorite restaurant in New York City or favorite thing you like to cook at home? I'm always curious about this. Um, I'm not I'm not so much a foodie, so I guess the easy answer would be Champ's Diner in Brooklyn. Nice. Be- because it's such a, a junk food haven for vegans. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, I love junk food. Um, but I'm not really a picky eater. I'll eat anywhere. Uh, what I make at home, a lot of times I, I make simple things like I make wraps and just simple meals, uh, pasta based meals, rice based meals, nothing too, you know, out of, out of control. I'm not, I'm not a chef. I'm not a foodie. I just, I like to eat. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I, I mean, it's great. I, this is why I love this question. Cause like any type of eater can be vegan. Like you could just like, just do it. <laughs> if you're listening. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Cool. Uh, well, it's been so good to talk to you. I'm really grateful for you to make the time to, uh, be on the podcast. Thanks for having me. This was, this was great, man. I really appreciate it. <laughs> cool.